0: This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 63. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else that you might be listening to the show. And to also remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, which I'll talk about more at the tail end of this episode. So first up this week, high megapixel EOS R series camera in testing. Now this is coming from canonrumors.com. As reported last week, a report came out about Canon's high-megapixel EOS EOS R system camera saying that the new camera would come with a 150-megapixel image sensor. While impressive, I had doubts that such a sensor would appear in the near future in a consumer product. I have now been told that the high-megapixel EOS R camera is in the early stages of testing with a very select group of pro photographers. The megapixel count is significantly lower than 150, the source claims, but that it is just about double the 45 megapixel sensor in the upcoming EOS R5. The video specifications, I was told, are not all that impressive as it is definitely not the target market for such a camera. If you're into video, the Canon EOS R5 is going to have you covered for the foreseeable future, but that the high megapixel camera will be squarely aimed at still photographers. This camera should be ready to ship in early 2021, but with the current events, any such claims are probably at risk of evolving. Now, I find this article interesting because, if you remember, I've talked about this numerous times on this show in past episodes. Canon had already stated a while back that they were not going to do a version 2 or a Mark II of the EOS 5DS and SR, which are their current high-megapixel DSLR cameras, both of them sporting a 50.1-megapixel sensor. They opted instead to go with a high-megapixel EOS R architectural camera to replace the 5DS and SR. And I've been saying for quite a long time now, if you've been listening to the show, that more than likely that replacement EOS R derivative will have either a 75 or 80 megapixel sensor. Now, the fact that in this article, Canon Rumor Source is saying that it's nearly double the 45 megapixel sensor in the upcoming EOS R5, that would fall right into line with what I've been saying all along, that somewhere between 75 and 80 megapixels. I don't think it'll go up to 90, but a super high megapixel sensor shouldn't be all that shocking to anybody because Canon has actually been testing and playing around and patenting 100 plus megapixel sensors for a couple of years now. Uh, But as mentioned in this article, I highly doubt anything that high a megapixel will be in a consumer mirrorless camera anytime soon Uh, to this point the only companies that have 100 megapixel sensors in their cameras are Fuji with the GFX 100 and of course Hasselblad with their high-end H series cameras so now we're not going to get 100 we're not going to get 150 megapixels in an EOS R but 75 to 80 absolutely I've been saying that since the beginning and it looks like that is definitely going to be coming to fruition. Canon updates EOS R5 8K and autofocus information. Now, this article was updated as of March 16th. Canon has updated some 8K video and autofocus specifications for the new Canon EOS R5 camera, which is tentatively due out this July, but could be delayed because of you know current situations. 8K video, 30 frames per second with absolutely no crop. Internal recording, dual pixel AF available in all 8K modes. The autofocus will contain body tracking, face AF tracking, eye AF tracking, and will also contain animal eye detect autofocus and tracking so you can steadily track your subject. In case you missed it, you can see the full rumored specifications for the Canon EOS R5 here. And I'll include a link to that article in the show notes so that my listeners can check it out for themselves. Is the Canon RF 14 to 28 millimeter F2L USM on the way? This was updated today at 8:40 a.m. There have been a few rumors that Canon will do a Holy Trinity. Of RF mount F2L zoom lenses. As you know, we already have the 28 to 70 F2L USM, which is an amazing piece of glass. An unknown source now claims that an RF 14 to 28 F2L USM is on the way sometime in 2020. And this goes along with the previous rumor of a RF 70 to 135 F2L USM coming this year as well that would make for quite the trifecta of zoom lenses from Canon. And there will be more on this story as it shakes out over the upcoming weeks and months, but this is definitely intriguing. I know a lot of people are very impressed with the 28 70 F2L, and from everything I've read and seen in video demonstrations and reviews, it is an impressive piece of glass, but as I've said before, from my personal taste, it's not practical from a pricing standpoint. So we'll have to see if those other two lenses do become reality. Next up, Nikon UK is not shutting down. I repeat, Nikon UK is not shutting down. Clueless people are spreading fake rumors online again, no less, that Nikon UK will not lay off all of their staff and close down. UK Nikon will not shut down. The employees that are being laid off are outsourced by a third-party company in the UK. They are not Nikon employees. He believes anyways, he's not certain. The name of that third-party outsourcing company is REL Field Marketing. The staff is going through the process right now. The affected people already all know most of the laid-off employees are in-store reps and their jobs will be terminated on April 12th. This is a completely irrelevant story, and he's not going to cover it here until I start receiving emails from concerned readers. The main Nikon UK office and staff are not affected. There is no change to the UK service department. Nikon is not pulling out of the UK. And he says again, I repeat, Nikon is not shutting down or pulling out of the UK. And he also adds that he's seriously getting tired of the same scam artist stealing material from Nikon Rumors on a daily basis and making up BS stories in order to get clicks. Boycott, do not visit their clickbait websites and don't watch their stupid videos where they beg for money. That's the only way they will disappear. Thank you. So I do find that interesting, and I can understand the frustration of the owner of Nikon Rumors in this article. There's way too much false information circulating on the internet these days. Whether it's the current pandemic or rumors of camera companies shutting down different divisions, if you don't see it on a reputable site, it's not happening. It's all just made-up garbage, so don't pay it any mind, folks. The latest gray market and refurbished Nikon Z gear prices. Gray market Nikon Z-gear, the Nikon Z6 body only is at $1,299.99. The Nikon Z7 body only is $2,347.23. Refurbished Nikon Z-gear, the Z6 body only is $1,349. The Z7 body only is $2,199, which doesn't make sense. Uh, well, I guess maybe it does that the refurbished body sells for a couple hundred dollars cheaper than the gray market one. I thought at first I misread that, so I apologize. The Nikon Z6 plus 24 to 70 f4 kit lens. Now this is refurbished products only. Is one thousand seven hundred ninety nine dollars. The Z7 with the same lens is twenty four ninety nine. The Nikkor Z thirty five millimeter f one point eight is six seventy nine ninety five for the refurb. The Z twenty four to seventy f is eight is nineteen ninety six ninety five for the refurbished model. The Z-14-30 F4 is $1,126.95. The Nikkor Z-24-70 F4 is $549.95. And the Nikkor FTZ adapter is $199. More refurbished Nikon gear can be found at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, eBay, and BuyDig. And I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so you can check out these gray market and refurbished prices and deals for yourself. Next up, five reasons Fujifilm won't make a full-frame Fujifilm X100 camera. DP Review published a list of five reasons why Fujifilm won't make a full-frame version of the X100 camera. Number one, a large sensor would add weight and size, mitigating a major X100 selling point. The biggest selling point of the X100 is that it's so compact and lightweight, of course. Uh, number two, such a product would cost a lot to develop and manufacture. Number three, the result would be a very expensive camera reducing its potential audience. Number four, a move to full frame would annoy and worry existing loyal Fujifilm APS-C customers. Also, if Fujifilm announces any full-frame camera, could look like a massive vote of no confidence in aps And number five, the risk of cannibalization within existing lineups is just too great. And what about a medium format X100 then? DP Review writes this, quote, So might Fujifilm build a medium format X100? There's an argument to be made that it makes sense in a way that full frame just doesn't. Medium format would offer an increase in potential image quality over full frame, Albeit relatively modest, about 2 to 3 EV, a significant leap in image quality over APS-C, it's a major part of Fujifilm's brand identity and the larger format is a key differentiator for Fujifilm compared to competitive manufacturers, end quote. While I won't enter the argument about the relatively modest advantages of the Fujifilm GFX over full frame, this is a thesis DPR- started pushing back in 2017, and Fuji rumors comprehensively answered it in the article, DP Review recommends three full-frame cameras combined over one Fujifilm GFX. Also, in the meantime, something called Fujifilm GFX 100 hit the market with the newest sensor technology. For the rest, the whole five-reason list makes sense. Check out the full in-depth article at DP Review. And one could also add one more item, Full frame offers a relatively modest advantage over APS-C and also has a couple of disadvantages over APS-C. And you can read that at the article in the link in this article here. And I'll include a link to this entire article from fujirumors.com in the show notes for this this episode. Popular photography industry insiders claim the APS-C is the actual sensor size sweet spot. Keep in mind, they said sweet spot not automatically the best tool for everybody. You can buy the Fujifilm X100V at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera, along with the X-T4 at all of the same retailers. Exclusive Fujifilm working on a Fujinon XF 70-300mm X-mount lens. Okay, so Fuji Rumors has something to tell us. Do you remember when Fujifilm launched a public survey about future lenses? Well, among all the options, there was an XF80-300. Well, I have an update for you this week. According to our sources, Fujifilm is working on a Fujinon XF70-300 lens, not XF80-300, as the official Fujifilm survey showed. In full frame, the Fujinon XF 70-300 would be about a 100-460 millimeter lens, so you can compare it to something like the Sigma 100-400 millimeter. Makes sense to me. It's the logical follow-up to the XF 16-80 f/4. The 16-80 f/4 can be bought at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama, and you can check out all of this information in the link I will share in the show notes for this episode. Next up, from the world of Fuji, Fujifilm X and GFX deals continue until March 29th, so we have a couple of weeks left. The X deals are as follows: The X-T3 body saved $200 plus free vertical grip at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. The X-T3 with the XF16-80 saved $200 plus free vertical grip at the same retailer's. The X-T3 with the X-F18-55 saved $200 at the same four retailers. The X-100F saved $200 at the same four retailers. The X-T30 body saved $100. The X-T30 plus the X-F18-55 saved $200. And the X-T30 plus the X-C15-45 saved $150 at b Photo, Adorama, Amazon US, and Focus Camera. For GFX deals, the GFX 50R save $1,000 at b and Photo, Adorama, and Amazon US. The GF 50mm f/3.5 save $500 from b Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. And eBooks Rocky Nook save 40% on any book, any version. Upcoming coupon are using coupon code FujiRumors40. And Rocky Nook uh, save 40% on any ebook using coupon code Fuji40. So those are the Fujifilm updates for this week. Now on to software. New Photo Lab 3.2 announced and save up to 30% on all DXO software. This is as of today, the 18th of March 2020. Today, DxO announced the new PhotoLab 3.2 software. Here are the improvements. Quote, more flexible local adjustment masks, optimized repair tool, improved photo library keyword function, improved local adjustment palette with two new settings, duplicate and rename, and the ability to move automatic masks available for Windows users now as well. And until March 31st, you can save up to 30% on all DxO software. You can check it out at the links I'll include in the show notes for this article. So $30 off on PhotoLab 3.2. You can download a free trial version. $50 off on the Nike Collection. $20 off on DxO Film Pack. And $30 off on DxO Viewpoint. And like I said, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes with the link to all of the trial versions of those programs so that my listeners can check them out for themselves. And the last bit of Sony news I have for today. Superb EU deals save 500 euros on the Sony 100 to 400 GM and save $600 on the Sony 16 to 35 GM at Amazon. This is quite an impressive deal available for all EU citizens through the Amazon Dutch store. You can save the $600 on the 16 to 35 GM at Amazon Netherlands and $500 on the Sony 100 to 400 GM at Amazon Netherlands as well. And I'll include a link to those websites in the show notes for this episode because I know I do have a lot of listeners in the UK. So I will make sure that you folks get the links to the Netherlands Amazon site so you can take advantage of these deals should you be inclined. So that is the last bit of news and rumors for this week as far as the world of the big four camera manufacturers. Now last week I did an episode on my Forgotten Pieces of Georgia project in episode 62 because I'd had quite a few people reach out to me on Facebook, by email, instant messenger, and asking me if I had done any episodes of the podcast that pertain to that project, because they like to follow the project. Now, I, like I said, I did an episode last week that was all about the forgotten pieces of Georgia project, and I'll do some more in the upcoming future. Uh, But I did want to let all of my listeners that are curious about the project know that this past week I did stills and video in, um, Dade County in Trenton, Georgia area. Then I went to, uh, Catoosa County. And then I also went to, I'm trying to remember what the third county was now. And I apologize for the brain fart. The third county that (laughs) that I was in this week was Walker County. So, so far I've shot video and stills for Dade, Catoosa, Walker, Chattuga, Floyd, and Gordon. Uh, I haven't done all of Gordon. I've only done a little bit of Gordon. Um, so I will be getting back to Gordon County uh, this next week. I uh, generally go out and do my shooting for the project on Mondays because they usually tend to be a slow day for my full-time real estate work. Um, so if the weather's permitting, that I'll go out and shoot for the project um, generally every week on Monday. Uh, Now, remember, as I mentioned in last week's episode, you can follow the project at its website, which is www.forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com. You can also search for Forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, It has its own channel on YouTube where I put the videos for each county, and it also has its own Facebook page so you can check out the high-quality versions of the stills that I capture in each county with my Fujifilm GFX 50R. That camera makes some amazing images with lots and lots of detail. I really am so happy that I got, finally got a quote unquote medium format. uh, And then I went with a mirrorless derivative instead of going with uh, something like a Pentax 645, which would have been a DSLR medium for our DSLR style medium format camera albeit I think with a slightly bigger sensor, but I could be wrong Um, because I know the Hasselblad 50C uses the same size sensor as the Fuji cameras and the Pentax might as well. I can't remember. But anyways, I digress on that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up episode 63 of the Liam Photography Podcast. Again, I want to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating and reviewing and iTunes and anywhere else that you might be listening to the show. You can also listen to the episodes on YouTube under the Liam Photography YouTube channel. I have a separate playlist on there for visitors that has all of the podcast episodes. It's technically just the audio that you're listening to in your podcatching app with a continuous uh, title screen that tells what the episode is about. I don't have any actual video that I record simultaneously for the episodes, although I had been kicking around the idea of maybe doing that down the road. All right, with that, we will wrap up and I will see you all again in another seven days.